Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, October 30, 2023. You're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? First, we have a bounce back type situation. A lot of traders, a lot of investors, a lot of pundits, media talking heads, they want to call a bottom, and it may be a bottom. We're going to go through some assessment, a multitude of charts, and we're going to talk about this weekly schematic. This week, we have a lot of stuff on the docket. Let's start with something we talked about last week, which was the tinfoil hat event that started or was over the weekend. We had a partial solar eclipse. These events can cause a turn in markets, a shift in sentiment, a shift in markets, a shift in geopolitics, a shift in a lot of different things. You never know exactly where or how they're going to show up, but the awareness is they can and often do cause a shift. We got a turn Monday morning. We got a gap higher open, a little bit of a shakeout operation, and guess what? She went higher. So we did, at least for the time being, get some kind of a turn situation. But wait, there's more. And by the way, I'll get to what this is, this trend line is, in a few moments. It coincides with something we've been watching for quite a while. First, the wait, there's more section, which is what's on the docket this week. We have the Fed slash Kabuki theater situation. We're waiting on the Fed Wednesday afternoon for an announcement of an interest rate announcement. I think the expectations are they're going to stay put and not really do anything in terms of another interest rate raise. However, that remains an open mystery until after the fact. Can you get a run-up into the Fed meeting and a sell-off after the Fed meeting? That is completely possible. You're in a dead cat bounce slash relief rally situation. Remember, this is still a bounce in a downtrend. Below all these moving averages, the market is extremely weak. You closed below the convergence of the 150 period moving average on the weekly chart last week, came to backtest the 100 today. Garden variety stuff. Let's get to this trend line real quick. I've taken it off the monthly chart. These lows will show up on any chart. It's easiest to see here. They're to the penny, point to point. And this trend line coincides with right around that 400 area that I kept talking about for the last couple of weeks. Saying if the rubber band was going to break, where were they going to go? They could go down to 400. We also had the head and shoulders formation from this daily chart that technically by the textbook was off the table, but it seems to be playing out anyway. Now, they never reached the target on the low from Friday. However, what's to say they can't go down later this week, tomorrow, any point in time? That target coincides with, depending on when they do it, this trend line. So regardless of whether or not it's valid, not valid, who's to say, I just gave you the textbook definition of it was off the table because they closed back above. But nevertheless, this trend line coincides with the completion of the would-be head and shoulders formation, and you could get one more dip after the Fed. It is totally possible. 
Is it likely we would get a dip before the Fed announcement on Wednesday? Probably not. Keep in mind, the Fed's meeting right around Halloween. Is it trick or treat? Will you get a market trick or treat or both? Remember, there's still a lot of risk underlying this market. You have geopolitics, you have the Fed, you have the economy, interest rates, less spending any way you want to look at it. That's consumer spending, business spending, higher rates, less spending, Federal Reserve, geopolitics, war we get to throw in the mix. Any of these things can jolt the market any point in time. How about a little wild card situation? You look at the hourly chart and you say, hey, wait a minute. What's that big tail candle that made a new low? What's that all about? That's what we call a shenanigans tail candle. We saw it in real time today in the live room. We saw it happen. We talked it through. You don't do anything on that information. It's information where if the market begins trading lower, there's two things down there. There's a gap that has not been filled, even though this tail shows that it has, because this was a phony slash shenanigans tail print. It only came up on this chart, didn't come up on my trade station platform, but did come up on a lot of other platforms that traders use across the live room. Is it a hint? Is it something sinister? We don't know exactly. For us, we just know about it. We write it down, we put it on a sticky note, and we put it aside. Anybody make money today in the live room? If you did, post it under the video. Long, short, both. We had something for everybody today. The overnight crew had a little help from the Partial Eclipse, a.k.a. Tinfoil Hat Event. They're getting a rebound in the variety of a DCB or dead cat bounce. This is at zero dark 30. So we'll start with the bull case, which has a mandate for price to be above 413. Let's check out 413. It became a pivot, the early bear pivot. We think better in pictures right of the vertical is today's activity. We will ignore the shenanigans tail print and focus on the actual real activity today. The horizontal trend line is at 413. You could see, A, they gapped above it, went higher. We'll talk about that later. Came back to run a test of the bear pivot. Got slightly below, never stayed below for far too long. And then, as you can see, fought it, fought it, fought it. Finally decided to stay up in the end of the day, a rally. If they're above the pivot, 413, it opens the door back up to Friday's bull pivot zone, 414.20 to 414.60. As you can see, we don't need both lines. They're close together. That was a little zone. I had two numbers around the same spot, so I put them both up there, created a zone. They got a little bit above 414.60, but came right back down to run a test of the pivot. We had shorters up here. We had buyers down here. There's something for everybody. We had traders that did it twice. They shorted the market, wrote it down, exited, and we had another number, which you'll see soon. We knew where the exit was, and that was also an opportunity for a bounce back in the other direction. What was that other number? Let's go find out. Let's go up to see what happened as we get into the beginning part of the day. As you can see here, the 9 o'clock scoop is above 413. You can ride them up to 414.20 to 60. Not an easy trade. Some traders did it. It's overhead resistance. 
above, opens the door for another leg higher. We'll get to that later. Below 413, their door is open to fall. Now, there's a gap down there and another number, but we had a gateway. 41250 to 55. I adjusted it to 50 a little bit later. 41250 would be the gateway to the gap and a place where they can find support. And there you have it. That was the last line of defense before they ran to the gap. They spiked it, popped back up, back test over here. You could see that place was important. That was essentially the gateway. That was bringing traders to the brink before they go down to the gap. That was a support slash buy area. We had traders that played that bounce. Nice trade. All that before the opening bell. It's all in here. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. Now, if they're above the zone, this is still early in the morning. They didn't do it till later. But if they're way above the zone, we have the round number of 415. That was reached early in the day. But the next important place is around 416.40 as a just-in-caser. This is put on the board first thing this morning. How you doing? Look what happened into the end of the day. What's the high in this candle, by the way? The high is 416.39. They pulled back in this candle. They went back up a little bit above and then pulled back into the end of the day. That was the next important place. It's magnetic it's overhead resistance. So magnetic means it pulls price in, whether it's above or below. And resistance in this case means they're unlikely to blow right on through without a fight. Therefore, it can also reject price back down. Doesn't have to be a collapse. It's trading. It's one step at a time. The first order of business with support or resistance is they stop going in the direction they're going. Does it have to happen to the penny every time? No, these are numbers. Sometimes they spike them. Other times they come up short. We know about that. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart and double check the work. I gave you all the highlights. He even hears the shenanigans tail print telling inside the numbers members where it was. We saw it in real time in the room. I put it on the board. Everybody knows everything. Pause the video. Read the notes. It's all in here. If you want to learn how to do this, if you want to do this in real time each and every day, you have to A, have an understanding of what we're doing and B, develop a trust in the numbers. Talk about this all the time in the live room. What's happening now isn't necessarily going to happen in five minutes from now. Markets going down or markets going up, we get scared. But when you have an understanding of the bigger picture, you don't get scared. You expect certain things to happen, and then you also expect it to be support or overhead resistance using the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, 82, 84, 79, in that neighborhood, we're going to be right. That's just the way it works. What about stocks on the move today? We're going to take a look at XPO. And on semiconductor, the other two didn't hit their objectives, although Checkpoint Software is an interesting one, and I just want to talk to this for a moment. We'll go over to the chart first. NetEase didn't hit its number either. So we'll look at the two or three that are interesting. I want to talk about Checkpoint first. A couple of weeks ago in On the Docket, this is On the Docket. It's a daily publication. It's got interesting stuff. We have the pregame warm-up routine, thinking pictures. I put up a chart each day. Today was uranium. We're not going to talk about that right now. 
We have tinfoil hat events. We have Reconomic. We have psychology stuff. There's something for everybody in here each and every day of interest. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I put up a chart of the Israeli exchange-traded fund. The war was going on. Companies over there are going to have trouble because of everything that's going on. We don't need to get into the details. Well, the swing trading algorithm picks up 138 and a quarter as a short opportunity in checkpoint software. We already have two exits with a trailer for a third exit lower. This is checkpoint. What a trade. Nothing is an accident. Nothing is a coincidence. Lazy swing trader. XPO. This was a short opportunity from stocks on the move this morning. They actually gave two trades off this stock early in the morning. The first trade was here when they hit the number, they pulled back. You could see it here on a one minute chart. Hit the number, pulled back, gave the base hit, went back up, went to the second price, gave another base hit back to and below the first price. So two base hits in XPO on the short opportunity. We had participation in the live trading room. How about on semiconductor? They opened below the second price. This was the second price. The first one was even higher. So it was off the board. However, but wait, there's more. Close to the opening bell, the folks in the live room said, hey, what about on semiconductor? It's trading below the number. Do you have another number? Now, it's too late to put it on the board for regular inside the number members after or around the opening bell. It's not fair. However, in the live room, we had another number. Believe it or not, that was the other number. There was 72, but I said this was really the number. And if they get below this by much, they're going to start scaling down. It's like the last line of defense. And they bounced off that number. The high in this candle here was 72.49. That's a nice bounce. We had, again, participation in the live trading room. We have something for everybody. What's going on over in Camp IWA? Well, they're hovering around the lows, that's for sure. They did complete the head and shoulders target. This one was not negated by the book. This one did play out. It was around 164. They're slightly below it right now. There should be a lot of support down in this area. But if there's not, you see the next number on the board. Might want to write that one down, put it on a sticky note if you're an IWM or small cap watcher. We did have relative weakness today against the S&P 500. IWM was up just over one half of 1%, while the SPY was up about 1.2%. Relative weakness, my favorite market leading indicator. This one also gave us the intraday clue today. Here it was. We're watching the IWM on the right side of my screen. I said, this is the one to watch. This is the one that's going to be the tell. They started to go down. The SPY was up here above 41460. And I said to the live room, hey, check it out. The IWM is moving down. If they're going to move down and run down to fill the gap, what's the likelihood the SPY is going to be running in the other direction? It's not going to happen. It helps some traders stay short before they turned around, went back in the other direction in terms of the SPY, they were able to get paid on the early short trade. Doesn't work 100% of the time, but it was certainly a tell today. We were on it. Hashtag reading the tape. The bigger picture is the IWM's got a lot of work to do to get into a recovery situation. 
There will be a bottom. Maybe it'll be before the Fed. Maybe it already happened. Maybe it'll be after the Fed. We don't know, but there will be a bottom. The next number down I have is right around 158. Put it on a sticky. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Buttigieg's crew. Relative strength today. My second favorite market leading indicator up 2% against a little over 1% in the S&P. My favorite, Canary in the Coal Mine. Are they stretched enough to the downside? We've been looking at this each and every day. They hit the 200-week moving average on Friday. And guess what? Here's a dead cat bounce, at least for starters. At some point, they're going to want to run back up. If they stay above the 200, they're going to want to work their way back up to what? Towards the high of this breakdown candle and into run a test of the underside of these moving averages. Garden variety market behavior. If they're doing any of that, we can rest assured the rest of the market's likely rallying right along with it. Monthly chart, big time breakup candle low, comes in at 13,647 point or spot 82. Where are they going to close the month? Tomorrow, Tuesday. They ran a test of the low, no accidents or coincidences. They bounced. Where are they going to close tomorrow? Write it down, put it on a sticky note. What about the Q people? Same routine. Came up short of the 200 period moving average, getting a DCB or dead cap bounce. 355 to 356 will be a big time resistance area for Team Qs. Write that down, put it on a sticky note, and pick up some stock in 3M while you're at it. Not literally, don't do that. I'm just saying 3M is the manufacturer of the sticky notes. Weekly charts in no man's land. Here's what I would like to see for some kind of a low. You have a breakout area. It coincides right above the 50-period moving average sloping up. This is a weekly chart. This is an important place. Market ran up to it, was rejected. Got back to it, broke above. I'd like to see him come back here, 334, 333, 2, 4, 5. In that neighborhood, run a test of that area. That would be a better place for a low sticky note xlf we'll go back to the daily chart dcb check this out big time breakdown candle the high is at 3203 what was the close today on close 3201 no accidents or coincidences they spiked it but they couldn't close above doesn't mean they won't tomorrow markets get stretched to the downside stretched to the upside they run snap back up a little bit far from home base in some of the markets. What's home base? The 20 period moving average. What about smash mouth? How about languishing right around the 200 period moving average? The smash mouth is a good indicator slash proxy for the tech space as a whole. They did not participate in the bounce today, in the rally today. Doesn't matter which stocks were down, doesn't matter. What matters is non-participatory. Is it a tell? Or will they catch up? Will the diverge resolve itself in the upside? We don't know, but it's of note. Another puzzle piece, another sticky note. Would love to see the SMH come down all the way to the 50 period moving average, hit something important, while other markets hit something important. That would give us a better opportunity at a bottom. We don't know whether there is or isn't one yet, but when some of these markets satisfy certain things, you're getting a better indication of a potential bottom.
Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.